Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Two of the sport's most respected fighters step back into the octagon this weekend to compete for the welterweight title. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 80 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another crazy Wednesday, crazy times. Guys, uh, as the as I'm recording this, it's minus 50 here in lovely Saskatoon. And uh, yeah, February is certainly hitting us hard. Um, you know, I've, I've put up with 45 winters of minus 50 in February. But you never get used to it. Anyway. Alright, well I'm actually kind of doing this. I'm putting the cart before the horse here. Um, I am recording with Sean McMorrow tonight. Um, if any longtime listeners are, uh, will know, um, I've had Sean on before and we covered his whole career. And uh, it was a great interview. Sean did a great job. Um, if you want to check that out, if you go back in the back catalog, I believe it's episode 10. And uh, we cover everything. Um, but this episode, um, I had a few cats... Uh, ghost me as the kids would say and uh i needed to have i uh i needed to i needed a guest and sean stepped up and i thank him for that um so i said well what i'd like to do and i've, and I've done it a few times with uh josh mazer chris graff and dean mayrad kind of do the, the their five toughest opponents so i'm gonna ask sean his five toughest guys that he fought uh tonight as well as uh he has just started his own podcast <clears throat> And uh, we'll talk about that, and uh, 
well, we'll see what else we talk about. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. So, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm just, uh, it, and it'll probably be late tonight when we record. Um, so I, I want to get this intro out or done with. And then as soon as I'm done with the uh, interview with Sean, I can, uh, I'll attach this to it and, uh, send it off to the network guys. So it'll be up, uh, Wednesday morning. So I'm, like I said, I'm, uh, so it's kind of odd that, cause obviously normally I do the intro or this, my opening ramble after the interview is recorded. So a little, a little something different today. Um, so I won't take too long in this. Um, but what I will say is, yeah, it sounds so funny to say I, I'm finally made the leap. I'm on Facebook. The fourth line voice is on Facebook. Um, I have a private account on Facebook, which I have not logged on. I don't think I've posted anything in years on there. Um, and the last couple times that I went on Facebook, um, and read my news feed, I pretty well got disgusted within about two and a half minutes or not even probably one minute and vowed that I wouldn't go back on there because all it was doing was, uh, getting me mad at my friends and, uh, at some of my friends. And uh, I was like, I don't want to do that. So, um, but, um, I had talked to Alec a bunch of times about making a Facebook page. And I think I've mentioned it on here numerous times. Um, so finally over the weekend during our down, our, uh, cold snap where we literally weren't going anywhere. And I was sitting in the back room. I was like, okay, screw it. Let's get on this Facebook with the page. And basically, you know, the biggest reason why I was doing it was basically just another reason or another, uh, way to reach out to potential guests. I know there's a lot of ex players on Facebook, um, that aren't on Twitter. Um, so that's basically why I did it. And, uh, so, you know, I'll put, I'll, I'll put up videos and pictures on, on face on the page as well. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're on Facebook, friend me, um, it's fourth, like I said, fourth line voice. Um, I couldn't put like the number four and TH like it is in the podcast title or in my logo. So it has to be like the written word F O U R T H, you know, so it's written word, fourth line voice. Um, yeah, just follow me on Facebook and, uh. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'll post the show links on there as well. Um, if that gets the show a few more listens, like I said, there's guys on there that aren't on Twitter. So, because Twitter was my only advertising vehicle for the longest time in terms of the show. And, uh, you know, and this is just another way to promote it. And uh, I'm also joined the, well, I always was anyway under my own account, but with the Fourth Line Voice account, um, I'm also uh, a member of the Enforcer Appreciation Group that Alex started at the five, well, he's in the five for fighting podcast. Um, but he started that Facebook page over a year ago. It's got like 13,000 members. It's ridiculous how busy it is. So, um, join that. And, uh, yeah, so I'll be poking around and putting up pictures and videos for people to talk kind of, st- uh, topic starters maybe. And, uh, you know, just promote conversation and, uh, you know, and I, and I asked Alec and everything. And, uh, I mean, he's told me numerous times to do it anyway. Uh, but I will post show links on there as well. Um, I won't over overrun it with uh, constant "come listen to me, come listen to me." But when it, the day of the release of the episode, I'll, I'll put a post up. Um, but yeah, but also Fourth Line Voice on Twitter, of course, and the big one is Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. Uh, over twenty two hundred fight videos from junior to pro, all any league you're looking for, everything sorted. So just go to the search engine, WCHL, UHL. Colonial League, whatever you're looking for, um, NHL, I mean, I got NHL stuff, it's all on there, <clears throat> um, yeah, so definitely subscribe to the page, and, uh, 
yeah, go down the rabbit hole and that, uh, checking out those tilts. Also with the podcast guys, you know, like you, I mean, maybe this is for a few Facebook people that I've picked up here, um, that are new to the show. Um, whatever platform you happen to be listening to on Apple or Spotify, um, subscribe to the channel on those, uh, platforms. Um, cause I, I was told, I don't know, but I was told that, um, you'll get the release quicker than normally than when it's posted just to the public. Apparently if you're a subscriber to the show, it, you get it sooner. Um, I know the network got, cause they upload it. I don't, I just send it to them and they do it. Um, and they say like, you know, basically at night they are at midnight or something. It, it gets uploaded. So, uh, yeah. So, and, uh, yeah, so you may as well, you know, get it early, especially with the, you know, uh, maybe with the UK folks and stuff with the time difference and everything. Um, but yeah, so that way you can have it for your morning commute or, uh, you know, listening to the car on the drive into work. So, or else in the cubicle at work. So you don't have to listen to the annoying people, uh, tell, tell you how their night went or their cat's rash or whatever, whatever people talk about at work. I work by myself, fortunately. So, uh, but we all know, we all have those colleagues, but, um, yeah, like I said, and this is episode 80. So, uh, again, if you're new to the show, please go back and check the back catalog. I've talked to, well, like I said, pre- McMorrow previously, John Morasti, Steve McIntyre, Roman Volpat, Clark Wilm, Kent Staniforth, um, on and on. Uh, lots of guys. Go back and check out the back catalog. Um, but ever, what, I do two shows a week. I don't know why, but I, I, so far I've been, I've been able to maintain it. I didn't think I'd be able to, but so far, I think it's just cause it's so cold and not going anywhere. The summer might be a little difficult. Um, but every Wednesday, every Wednesday will always happen. It's the Sunday show. I'm not, that's sort of eh, in the future. We're not sure. But for right now, uh, every Wednesday is, uh, an interview show, uh, whether it be with an ex player, fellow fight fan, what have you. And then uh, my Sunday episode is just a general um, Darren's rant type episode. I'll kind of just talk about the topics. That usually it's me being pissed off at social media and I'm yelling about something about it on there. Or, uh, you know, we'll look up old articles or what have you. The last, uh, the last episode I did on Sunday, um, you know, I talked about the Tony D'Angelo thing as well as, uh, uh, you know, we had the debate about full mass and pro hockey. And then I went and we looked at the old, uh, the top 25 rankings of 98, 99, according to Tough Guy Magazine. You remember the Hockey Stars Magazine? Every every year they would release an episode called Tough Guys, uh, or a magazine called Tough Guys. I think it was about five or six of them. Um, anyway, they would rank the fighters, and of course it was Joe Lozito, and that was doing the rankings. So, um, yeah, we basically went back and I looked at the at the. 98.99 ranking, so that's pretty fun actually, because I found a couple of the magazines while I was cleaning up. So maybe I'll do that on this Sunday. Uh, we'll do another episode of that or another magazine. But uh, yeah, so definitely, uh, please go back and check that out. Uh, like I said, if uh, you want to get a hold of me, you, those Twitter, Facebook. Um, if you're if you're not on either of those, uh, email me. Um, I, I always go old school. I'll use the old Hotmail account. Hockey fights at Hotmail doesn't get much easier than that. Um, yeah, just send me, uh, comments, good, bad, or otherwise. Um, I always say, I'm, I'm, if, if you guys have any pictures out there, um, old hockey pictures or whatever, uh, please email them to me. As you know, I like to collect that sort of thing. I'd love to see what you have. 
Um, and also same with uh, if you have old old footage, whether it be on a VHS tape or what have you, don't throw it away. Go back to mom's house, go through the up in the attic or in the basement and dig it out and uh, let me know what you got. I mean, I could uh, I could certainly uh, transfer it and we'll get it onto DVD and preserve that stuff, especially like local junior stuff because, I mean, that's just so rare to find that stuff. And, um, you know, without people digging out their old VHS tapes, that, that'll be... Um, stuff like that sort of lost to the sands of time. So um, definitely uh, get a hold of me if you have any footage like that. Um, otherwise, guys, uh, like I said, this is a hockey podcast network. Um, there's over 40 shows on the network. All the NHL teams are represented. Um, so whatever whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Definitely uh, check that out. Uh, those guys are in full swing, obviously, with the season going. Uh, myself, Brad Lieb, Terry Ryan... Uh, we're on the um, on the original content type uh, uh, side of the of the network, uh, so definitely give those guys a chance. Um, and also for my off network friends, of course, as I previously mentioned, Alec at the Five for Fighting podcast, um, who just informed me that he is he finished his episode. Um, he's actually been out uh, away from the game for a while. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, between moving and getting married and work being busy and, and everything else, um, you know, obviously the podcasting has taken uh, taken a back seat, but I know he wants to get back in it, and he has recorded an episode with a guy as well, um, so he'll be releasing that soon. Uh, but yeah, his back catalog is tremendous in terms of guests, Frank Bialois, Segroy, um, you know, Jason Renard, on and on. Um, he, he's done, and Alex does a great job, and uh, yeah, he's had a lot of cool guests on. And of course, Joe, as as mentioned, Joe Lozito over at the uh, Coliseum Chronicles. It's an Islander podcast uh, or an Islander Tough Guy podcast. And Joe's interviewed everybody from Fakota to Bolton to you you name it. And uh, and like I said, Joe's so thorough and does such a good job. And and uh, yeah, again, b- gr- both great podcasts. Um, Joe actually just released. Uh, his episode, of course, if anybody doesn't know, if you, well, just type in Joe Lazito on Google. You'll quickly find out what I'm talking about. But um, a decade ago, um, there was a serial killer loose in New York, and he happened to get on the subway train when Joe was on there, and uh, he was going on a, on a killing spree, and Joe tackled the dude and subdued him and um, nearly died with all this, with the stab wounds he received from the guy, but Joe managed to... Uh, to to get this guy uh, under control and or uh, you know and and hold him until the cops showed up. Um, whereas the uh, I'll let you listen to the episode because I won't wreck it for you. But there's a whole saga there. But Joe has written a book about it and uh, and this marks the anniversary coming up here and he has done uh, done an episode talking about uh, going over it again. So I highly uh, recommend listening to that. I let all of Joe's stuff, but that's such a personal and. And you know, and Joe really is a hero for doing that. I, it's, I can't even the amount of people that he that he saved that day from doing that, um, and meanwhile putting his his health in and his well being on the line, and and all the numerous stab wounds, and I mean it was a big it was a mess. But uh, you know, Joe Joe took the dude down, so definitely check that uh, episode out. Um, and Joe's a good dude, and we'll you know support Joe in that. And uh, yeah, and then for the uh, Obey the Puck Show, Paul, Dan, and Kelly, and uh, the Slewfoot Show with Fred and Dave. A couple current shows for you guys. I know coming from me, that sounds so rare, but uh, like I said, uh, I got to try to keep up to date somehow. 
loosely. I always say I listen to them so I don't have to watch it. So, but, uh, but they, they talk about the, the current happenings of the, from the week and stuff. And, uh, so if you're obviously a fan of hockey and stuff, uh, give those guys, give those folks, check them out. Uh, I know there's a, like I said, there's a million podcasts out there, but these people, they're good people. And, uh, yeah, check their show out. But, uh, other than that, guys, this is so weird because, like I said, I haven't recorded yet, so I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. What are we going to talk about? But uh, no, I'm just sort of. I got to go clean up here and uh, uh, wait for Sean to get off work and we record. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, hang on, and then uh, and I will bring you uh, my interview with Sean McMorrow, his five toughest opponents, and we'll see where else the conversation goes. But uh, after that, guys, I will. Uh, talk to you on sunday all right have a good day all right on the line uh, out in toronto a returning guest uh he previously was on the show it was episode 10 and it's great to have him back sean mcmorrow sean how you doing tonight i'm doing great man i i really appreciate you having me back i remember i remember mentioning in our show that i was that i was hoping to be back and and, and you kept your word so it's great to be back how are you no, I'm very good, thank you. And uh, no, you were uh, a very popular guest, and uh, yeah, and I mean, you pl- you played everywhere, you know, on uh, the uh, you know OHL, AHL, uh, L- NHL, LNAH, Europe. I mean, you've been everywhere, and uh, I wanted to get uh, get you on today. And I've had a few returning guests, and uh, with Josh Mazer and Chris Graff and Dean Mayrad. And basically, I always I gave them the question: your five toughest opponents. And I mean, um, Whoa. yeah, that's a good one. Well, and I mean, uh-huh. you know, and and with your and with your fight card, that's covering a lot of ground and a lot of dudes. Yeah, they're. Uh, do you know what your final total was for majors? Um, I know that I know that in my last my last year I cracked the five hundred um, marker. Um, I, I think I'm around five oh eight, five oh nine. Wow, that's uh, how are your I, how, how are your hands? I mean, I mean the hands are the hands are banged up. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I mean, I um, obviously with the COVID, everyone's life been altered like in some way like if if you're an athlete or not and last season I actually was lucky enough to have the opportunity to make a comeback to pro professional hockey um with the Marquis de Jonquière in the in the LNAH um the the semi-pro league up in Quebec and you know that was the team that I played my last few seasons for and you know they they were calling me you know, the last couple of years and saying, Hey man, you know, were you think you getting that itch to play again? And, and, and I was, but I just, I wasn't ready physically. Like they, they started calling me halfway through the season, um, the previous season before I came back and I wasn't ready physically. I just knew that I wouldn't be able to do it. So I told them that I would want to start fresh, like in a training camp atmosphere. And, and so that's what I did. I, I, I made the comeback last season and, you know, I played the first 10 games. I hurt my hands, so I was out for a few weeks. And then next thing you know it, COVID came around and boom, season canceled. So, um, you know, that that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, you know, during this COVID time, um, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm working and just trying to keep myself busy. 
And, and I actually, you know, like I started up my own podcast as well, trying to follow in your footsteps, my friend. <laughs> well, we'll get you. Well, yeah. The, uh, the old, the old podcasting game. Yeah. We'll, uh, well, we'll talk about that for sure. Cause I definitely want you to, uh, we'll, we'll talk about your show, but, uh, before we actually get into your opponents, I, I wanted to, uh, yeah, I just, I just thought of this as you were talking about it. Um, because yeah, in in terms of the LNH, I mean, uh, basically, you first got into the LNH in in '06. Um, yeah. How how was the league differ from then to to now? Well, just like the other leagues, the LNH has actually toned down a little bit too, as far as like the physical and like the fighting aspect. Um, now, saying that, it's still the only league in the world that you know you're. You're pretty much guaranteed to fight a game, um, but before it was, you were guaranteed five to ten fights a game. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, 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 like the league is actually a very, very competitive league now as far as skill level. Um, they wanted to go more in the direction of you know the more you know commercialized pro league, which is you know kind of grandfathering out you know, the crazy toughness and, and kind of building more on the skill. And for a league like the LNAH, it's not really a problem because the league was so tough before that it's not even that bad that it's been toned down a little bit because, you know, sometimes 10 hockey fights is too much. You know what I mean? But, but you know, one, two, three is perfect. So that's kind of what it is now. So it's kind of a happy medium. And, and I think the league's actually very healthy um, as it stands right now. When you uh, when you showed up in the, in two thousand six to the in the league, were you um, like was it? Did you know what you were? Well, I guess for the lack of better, did you know what you were getting into? Um, I didn't. To be honest with you, I didn't. And you know, as a guy that ended up playing, you know, a good number of years in the league, like. Like, I have, like, a strong opinion because of my experience of being there. And the fact that I got a taste of it, like you said, back in 06, 07 is a lot different than, you know, when I made the comeback last year in 2019, 2020. You know, it was, like, night and day, right? And when I first got there, um, you know, I had heard stories. I had heard this. I heard that. But it was really, like, for a guy coming to that league, like, like it was, you, you hear so many stories about it that it, it's just so, it's so, it, it, it's such a mystery that you almost just want to go and check it out for yourself. And that was kind of how it was for me. Like, so, but I'll tell you what, man, when I got there, there was some things that I saw that I had never seen before. And, and, and I was pretty shocked at how intense and, 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 and crazy it was at that time. Oh yeah, I mean it's. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I we've well, we've talked about it on this show and and be, just been around the league. And I mean, having you know, I've had Dean Mayrat on the show and Curtis Swanson and you know Morasti oh, yeah. and all those guys and and um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, yeah, like I don't think anything prepares them for it. You know, it uh, you know, but because like back then, I mean, you're talking, yeah, like you said, every team was you know five six guys deep and. Or yeah. probably more than that, you know, and like, yeah, and like legitimate Jeez, killer, and like legitimate killers, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah, and, and, and like I mean, I mean, like just to give an example of of when I first did get there, you know, my 
my first weekend there, um, obviously they had known that I was coming in for a couple weeks, so they kind of planned it accordingly. So my first game was against um, the St. Jean Chiefs. The Chiefs have been in different you know, cities at different times, you know, Laval, St. Jean, um, you know, they were in St. Saint for, for a year or two, but at this time they were in, they were the St. Jean Chiefs. And this is when they had, you know, Basse, Sugden, Riley Cote, you know, God, uh, Burnett, you know, all these guys are, are there. And, you know, the, that was my first game. And like, I ended up having, having two against Sugden and scoring a goal. So it was, it was a successful night for me, but man, was it ever emotional and man, was it ever, was it ever dramatic? And, um, you know, my, and then and there's always two, it's always a two game weekend. And then my second game of the weekend, um, was against, um, uh, nasty Morasti's team, um, Sorrell Tracy, the mission of Sorrell. And, you know, what was, what was shocking and, and, you know, I mentioned, you know, some, some things that I saw that I'd never seen before. Um, perfect example, that second game against Morasti's team, you know, me and Morasti ended up fighting twice. And, you know, after your second fight, you know, you get a game misconduct, so you're out. So, you know, guys like Morasti, like they would, ha- they would have their two fights by the, by the second period, and they were usually out of the game, you know, halfway through the second period, right? Yeah. And because they, the, they were the big draw, so they, they, that was like the guaranteed fight. And then if the twos, threes, and fours fought, you know, it was kind of like, you know, maybe, maybe not. But the ones were definitely fighting. And, you know, I, like, you know, lucky enough, I was rated as a number one. You know, Morasti was a number one. You know, so, like, we knew that we were doing it at least once, probably twice. And me and Morasti did it twice, you know, and our second one was halfway through the second period. So we, you know, we were showered and in our street clothes when all of a sudden, you know, an old school Donnybrook happens a bench clearing brawl in pro hockey i have never been involved with something like that before and at the time i'll be honest with you i was glad that i wasn't at that time because i was already kicked out of the game you know fighting fighting nasty twice already right so you know like obviously i would have done my job and did what i had to do in the brawl but man it was pretty shocking to see you know i, I was i was standing on the bench you know beside the backup goalie when it when it started so i was right there and you know i'd never seen a bench clearing brawl like i'd only been involved in that when i was like you know 12 13 years old when you know you know there's everyone's you know punching the cages and stuff and it happens like once or like once a year when we're kids or whatever you know what i mean but as a pro i'd never been involved in anything like that and i'll tell you what when you see something for the first time it's pretty shocking and a lot of us players get that when we first go to the LNAH. Oh yes, it was. Uh, it, it's quite the place. <laughs> yeah, it's a different uh, different place. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, when we Great when times. I when I yeah yeah when I got you on, it was uh, yeah, yeah your five your five toughest opponents. So uh, like I said, yeah. that'll yeah. covers a lot of ground. But uh, so we may as well start uh, at number five. Okay, so now, the way that I have to do this, because of the amount of respectable, tough guys that are on my fight card, the way that I had to do this was I had to break it down to... Now, I have my five. Don't get me wrong. I'm not breaking any rules. I got my five. Right. But they're not necessarily ranked from five to one. Okay. okay. Yep. It, 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 it's more so going go to go by place. Um, I broke it down... 
NHL guys, AHL, and then the Quebec League. But okay. these are my top five. Okay. okay? Yeah. So where do you want to start, my friend? NHL, AHL, or Quebec? Well, we'll start in the NHL. Well, the NHL. Okay, so the NHL. So now, obviously, my experience with the NHL, I, I got my one regular season game, but I also got a bunch of preseason NHL games, right? Oh. So, so that's that's where that's where this is based on. I think I have I got seven preseason games with with the Buffalo Sabers, right? Yep. So now now my my the two guys that that are that in my mind that are on my top five list are Chris Neal and Jody Shelley, and 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 I'll tell you why. Now Chris Neal. I, I had a chance to play against him multiple times. Three of my games are against the Ottawa Senators. And two of those games, I was able to, you know, Neil give me the opportunity, because I'm a, I'm a 20-year-old rookie when I'm, when I'm playing against them, and he's giving me the opportunity, you know, to, to get on the scorecard. You know, in the, it, it's the penalty box area, but it's the, it's the scorecard. Yep. And, you know, when you get on the scorecard, you get noticed, and in preseason, you need to get noticed. So, you know, Chris Neal is doing me a favor by fighting me. Now, the first time I fought Chris Neal was when I was 20 years old. It was my first year under contract with the Sabres. I ended up going to Rochester as a rookie, but got to play against Ottawa. Now, my fight with Neal was a good fight, but what happened was I ended up flipping him at the end of the fight, flipping him down, and the man ended up breaking his leg. He broke the femur in his leg. And so, I mean, nobody wants to hurt anybody like that. But the fact that it was such a big thing that it happened, like it was a big injury. He was out for like the first two months of the season. You know, Ottawa and Buffalo are divisional rivals. Chris Neal's not the most favorite person in the Buffalo Sabres dressing room or the Buffalo Sabres front office or the coach's office. You know, he's a divisional tough guy. And at that time, you know, those guys were hated uh, like, uh, like uh, against their, you know, divisional opponents just because, you know, that was the guy that would always be beating up guys on your team. Right. So Chris Neal was the Ottawa's tough guy for a long time, but because I was able to, you know, put him out for a couple months, you know, that really had my name be talked about a lot in, in, in the Buffalo Sabre, Sabre circles and stuff. So that actually kind of kind of helped me, you know, in being my first year pro, kind of getting my name in the organization. And hey, you see that, that McMorrow kid, you know, he, he put Neil out for a couple months. Hey, we don't have to play against him. Like, you know, so like it, it was, you know, unfortunately for Neil, it was, an, it was an injury. It happens with the game. But, you know, for me, you know, weird enough, it, it helped me that first year. It kind of maybe gave me a little bit of confidence going to Rochester, you know, when I was, when I was getting there, Hey, aren't you the guy that put that, put that Chris Neal out for, you know, like, so, so yeah. So, so, so that was like, that was a big deal for me. So he, he's, he, him, the career that he ended up having, um, the longevity of his career, um, you know, the amount of games played the fighting majors, you know, and the fact that, you know, getting him on my fight card, you know, like like that's a big deal to me. That a legitimate NHLer like that, and and so 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 he's in my top five. Um, Jody Shelley, another again another guy that that had a, a great NHL career, legitimate NHL tough guy, was the only NHL road game that I ever played was against the Columbus Blue Jackets, 
and it was like my second or third preseason game. Um, again, early in my early 20s, you know, young, cocky kid in, in, on the road in Columbus. And, you know, I knew who Shelly was right away. I targeted him in the first period, and I had a great fight against him, and, and, I, and, I, and I did extremely well. So what happens when the rookie does extremely well against the veteran early in the first period? Well, he's going to have to try probably answer the bell for a round two because that veteran's going to want to get a, get another shot. Not going to let this rookie, you know, you know, size them up like that in preseason. So of course that happened, and you know, Shelley came right after me in the second period. Um, you know, for me, I'm just loving it because again, on the scorecard, getting noticed. You know, a two-fight game in a, in an NHL preseason game as a as an AHL aspiring NHLer, you know, like you, you're very happy with that, right? And yep. and and just how important that was for me, and and the fact of how successful Jody Shelley was in his career as an NHL tough guy, I I, I had to have him on this list as well um, for, for my NHL guys. Like those are the two NHL guys that that I have in this top five list. Um, so I guess we'll just go down the list. Um, actually, AHL. before before we do that, yeah, actually, sure. I was, yeah. Uh, yeah, just talking about Buffalo, and I mean, you had the yeah um, the camps that you had there. Um, how did uh, I mean? He's of course famous in the Buffalo area, and he did the job for so long in Buffalo as Rob Ray. Um, yeah. How were your How were your interactions with him? Did you ever fight him in camp? Um, so. I never fought Razor in camp. Um, Razor was um, an inspiration to me um, as a kid growing up. Um, being a kid from Scarborough, um, a suburb of Toronto, um, being a divisional opponent of the Sabres and being such a big Leaf fan growing up, and Rob Ray having such a big rivalry with Ty Domi and you know, at that age, me not even knowing that that's kind of the role that I'd end up playing if I wanted to, you know, make a career out of it. You know, I always loved the fighters, like, growing up as a kid. Like, I loved the goal scorers. I loved the goalie. I loved the defensemen. I loved the fighters. I loved all of them, right? So, so like, you know, Rob Ray I, it was an idol of mine growing up. So when I got to training camps, you know, like he, he he was one of the guys like you know Chris Drury, Danny Briere, um, Hasek was already gone, um, you know what I mean? Rob Ray, Alexei Zhitnik, guys like that. You're kind of like in awe. The other guys, you're still in awe, but it, it, it's like uh, Rob Ray was like you know like like it, like I like I was a little bit starstruck when I first met the guy just because I had so much respect for him, right? Yeah. But I'll tell you. But to answer your question. I know I'm going on for a bit, but I get I get excited talking about the the the, the, the idols. But um, but okay, so the interactions that I had with them in training camp was obviously in the inner squad games. Whenever you're on, like you know, in Buffalo, they'll have they'll have team they'll have like four teams in camp. They'll be like team red, team white, team black, team gray. Right. So and then you're playing a different team every game, every day in training camp as an inner squad after the after the on ice session. This is in the NHL camp. So so, you know what I mean? So like 
you know, Eric Bolton was on one team, I was on one team, Razor's on a team, and Andrew Peters is on a team, and then whoever else, guys like Adam Mayer and, you know, Chris Gratton and, you know, like, like guys like that obviously are, you know, tough too. You know, guys like Jay McKee, Rhett Warner, but, but the main guys they would have on each team. So when I went against Razor's team, you know, obviously I'm trying to hit them extra hard, trying to do anything I can to try to provoke maybe a scrap because, like, that would just really, you know, be good for me as a, as a young aspiring tough guy. And I remember one time Razor got so upset with me, like, playing them so hard that he literally just took a baseball swing with his stick and pretty much meant like rookie if you don't get the get the away from me I'm going to I'm going to end your life with this stick like the man's not going to want to fight in training camp he was like a like a 12 or 13 year vet I think that year but you know it, it's the rookie's duty to try to do whatever he can to to provoke it because you know that's that's just how it is it's the circle of life right yeah well, there you but go. Yeah, that. But but yeah, as far as as far as as that was the closest I got. To, like with Andrew, me and Andrew Peters had some great battles in camp. Um, I, I saw some some other great battles in camp, but me and Razor never. I never had that opportunity. No. But you got along with him all right, though. Oh yes, yes, I got along with him great, and and like I actually, um, I actually like 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 I know I I, I know we said it was going to be a shorter show, but. But but I actually because I I, I think it's kind of important. Um, Rob Ray was known um, for his off ice community work. Um, he's a big big community guy, and part of the reason why I ended up doing so much of that in my career was actually also inspired by him. Um, when I was a draft pick of Buffalo before I had signed the Sabres being a smaller market team, they really kind of have to develop their system and kind of like, you know, bring, bring like develop their AHL guys good because they can't just, you know, sign the big free agents all the time. And so we would, we would go to Buffalo for like two, three weeks every summer and go to conditioning camps, um, just all the draft picks. And we would stay um, in Amherst just off the Miller sport highway um, at the Marriott, across from the Marriott Hotel, they would have us in these apartments. And, and it was more so also for us to kind of learn, because that's kind of the way that we'd be living in the AHL, to kind of get used to the pro lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, there was, um, there was a night at the Marriott Hotel um, that was actually, um, it, it was like, it was ladies' night. And you have to remember, we're all teenagers, right? So that was the type of thing that we were looking for all the time. And, you know, it's ladies night at this bar. So, so, you know, we're going to check it out. We have the next, we have the next day off. And, and, uh, and all you know, it is we see in this conference room that they're doing this award ceremony. So, so we poke our heads in and it's actually, it's an award ceremony where they're honoring Rob Ray for like, you know, for, for the work that he did in the community. And, you know, he was involved with some kind of charity and, you know, they were recognizing him for that. And, and like, we kind of poked our heads in and guys were like, okay, let's go. But I was like, no, 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 I don't, I'm, I want to see this, man. This is, this is pretty cool stuff, man. And I was watching it and I, and I was listening and I saw Razor give his acceptance speech. And, and I just remember thinking like, man, like this is the way that I want to be. Like if I'm going to be a player that's like a professional player and have people like care about what I say and, and, and because I'm on, I'm on this, you know, pedestal of being on a professional team and I could use that as a platform, then I want to be involved with this community work and, 
you know, do doing good things and, and, and like, I was so attracted to that. And, and so, so that's what I, that's what I ended up doing. And, 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 and that's, and, that, and because of that, I was able to learn, you know, that I was involved, that I had interest in so many other things. And that's the thing. When you do volunteer work, people think that, you know, you're volunteering your time. You might be doing that, but you're also learning new skills and meeting new people. And, and Rob Ray is the one that kind of opened the doors for me and opened my eyes to that type of thing. So I just wanted to mention that because I, th- I felt it was important because we brought the man up and, and, and he's a great guy and he's a great fighter, but he's, he's also a great community guy. Well, there you go. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. It, uh, no, old Razor. Yeah, man, he did it a long time, and uh, yeah, but yeah, you him and Domi, man. Well, I, well, I think they fought what thirteen times or something. That was and unbelievable. I think I think they have the record for like how many times they like two guys have fought each other, but but the rivalry was so awesome, just back and forth, and you know what I mean. And, and the, oh, yeah. the, the cool thing is that they're similar. Like Domi was always like kind of the smaller one in the fight but with him and razor like they were kind of kind of similar size because razor wasn't a big fighter either right like tallness is what i'm talking yeah, about it yeah. so yeah it was, it was just so cool to see it was such an evenly matched battle you know yeah <laughs> absolutely mm-hmm. um so we're we're now i forgot oh american hockey league okay american hockey league okay so now so now this like obviously this is the league that i played the longest in there's so many guys and you know, like, but for a top five list, I just like, like I had to, I had to think of, cause I had to have two guys from Quebec. I had to have two guys from the show and I had to have one more guy. Right. So yep. like, so, so like this is, this, this was really hard. Um, but Rocky Thompson, Rocky Thompson is in my top five. He is so tough. Just left bombs, right bombs. The, the the chin that he had, the wild hair that he had in parts of his career, just the, the intimidation factor, the no front teeth, <laughs> the it just there's so much, man. Just just the the history, just like like and and the thing with Rocky is, like I my first year in the AHL in Rochester, like I I played with some great great characters and great guys and. One guy that I played with, his name was Ryan Jordan. You know, he was an AHL tough guy as well, and he was a defenseman for us, war number seven for Rochester. And he's and he's from Kelowna, British Columbia. And, you know, so him being from the Western League and me being from the OHL, like whenever, you know, and then we had we had rookies like Jason Pominville, um, you know, from the Q. And so like we so you know what I mean? We had guys from from each league, and you know we would tell our stories about like you know legends from those leagues and stuff, and 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 I would hear these Rocky Thompson like just legend stories about fighting and what he did in in you know Junior B and in the WHL and and then this night and this fight and 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 just like like some guys really have like legendary status and. And Rocky Thompson is, in my opinion, he's just one of those guys. And you know, I I was I got the chance to play against him when I was in Rochester. He was playing for the AHL team in Toronto. They're the Toronto Marlies now, but at that time they were the Toronto Roadrunners, and I believe they were affiliated with Edmonton. Yes, okay, at the time. Yep. And and so. 
Rocky was, you know, he was in the later stages of his career, but man, could he ever still throw him. And it was another story of where I got, the first time I fought him, I just was very, very successful. I just got him really, really good. I was very surprised and, and lucky and, and, and happy with the, the outcome, you know, being a young kid, you know, fighting a big name like that and doing so well. So, you know, long as, and, and he had, he had really long hair at the time. And, and anyone that knows me knows that I have a lot of tools. And one of them is I use the Jersey to my advantage. And, you know, it was a case where, you know, I, I got off to a good start. The Jersey got over his head. Then it was just lights out. And I think part of his hair was caught like in the Jersey when I was tying him up. And I think that his hair was pulled a little bit just with all, with all the commotion. And so I remember he was like on a mission. And I remember like hearing this, this backstory after the game from like one of my buddies that played on his team, but like he ended up having getting a special haircut before our next game. Um, and he was just on a mission to just come right after me and just give it to me because he just wanted to return the favor of me giving it to him, you know, like the last time we played. And, and, you know, that's, that's the competitive spirit of a true warrior. Like if someone gets, gets spanked, and they're a competitor, they're going to want a rematch as soon as possible, right? That's just the way it is. It's the same thing with these hockey guys, man. And, 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 and he, it was, the game was in Toronto. And, and the thing is, is obviously me being from Toronto, um, you know, I, I always have, a, like, when I got to play against the Hamilton Bulldogs, a lot of people would come and see me play. When, you know, when the Roadrunners were in Toronto, you know, people come see me play. Later when the Marlies were there, you know, I would have a lot of people see me play. So I had a lot of people there. So I'd always get really nervous for the fights in Toronto because I'm just like, man, I got my little cousins coming up and I might be taking some pictures with some babies, some newborns. And, you know, I got a long, I got a long extended family, right? So it's just kind of like it'd be weird to come out with like, you know, a busted lip or, you know what I mean? But that's just the reality of, 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 the, of the fighter, right? Like, that's just the things that we have to live, what we had to live with, you know? And um, so, so yeah, man, I mean, he came right after me, like the, the fights on YouTube and, 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 and it was, it was, it was a great fight. Um, I give him the edge for sure. Um, he tagged me really good. I, I don't know how I kept standing, but, but like the, the fight was great back and forth, back and forth. Um, I, I give that decision to Rocky, but you know, just these little stories here, uh, like they, they, they kind of make the list up too, just because it's kind of the, the importance to me as well, but they all obviously have to have the resume to get on that, on that top five list. Um, but yeah, I know I mean, I talked a lot about Rocky, man, but he's such a big character, man. He needs to be talked about. No, Shout absolutely. out to Rocky Thompson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rocky Hockey. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, being out west here, I got to see him a lot in Medicine Hat. Yeah, he's legit dude. And, uh, yeah, like you said, it's on YouTube. Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. Check out my YouTube channel. Both of the fights of, of you and him are on my channel. And I kind of knew you, know you were going to say Rocky, actually. I watched those fights this afternoon. And, yet yeah, you give it to him in the first one. And then in the second game yep. there, like you said, he's got the uh, he's got the crew cut, dyed blonde. Yep. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He, and yep. he was, and you could just tell he was revved and ready to go. He was on go. a mission. Yeah, he, he was. was. on a mission. You could tell but even on the video like that he is. That, yeah, that was like a trained 
like professional boxer that had been trained for a fight for six months. Yeah, it was unbelievable, man. And you know, like I'm just, I, I was just happy to fight him because I was one of those guys where, like, like, like I, I, I just like I had so much respect for the older, the older tough guys that, like, I always appreciated it when they would give me a go. You know what I mean? And um, so, but yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like I said, like, like I give Rocky a decision on that one. You know, any any fighter knows that he can't win them all. And um, but but you can win the majority, and you can be proud of that. But but there's 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 no there's no need to uh, to get down on any losses because they that they happen. Oh, absolutely, yep. And uh, well, like I said, there's no no shame in losing to Rocky. I mean, many yeah. did, many yeah. did. You know, so yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I guess uh, I was gonna say actually when you were kind of in your Rochester time kind of that early 2000s i guess yeah youtube really wasn't around yet were you um yeah were you like a, a video guy at all or did you just sort of just word of mouth and just see what happens yeah i mean i was more i was more where i i'm a stat guy but 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 that, but you're right like youtube came out i think it was 2000 2005 i think youtube came out um you know so my first 3 seasons you know, starting in 02, um, 0203, you know, there, there was no YouTube. So there was, there was no videos really. So I, I would look more at the height and the weight. And I would, I, so I would kind of come in with game plans because I have a long reach. So if, you know, if, if the guy was shorter, I'd want to start a certain way. If he was more my height, I would want to start a certain way. I, I, I was more kind of strategizing like that. Um, the videos didn't really come into effect until later on, more, more so kind of when I went to the Quebec League, to be honest with you. I'd be checking because I knew it would be happening once or twice every game, so I would have to be doing a little a little bit of scouting scouting reports on the opponents, right? Yeah, well, it's interesting, like you said, with the and I always try to talk to the guys about this, and I don't... I can't remember if we talked about it in our first episode, but well, whatever, we'll do it now as well too. Um, in terms yeah. of like when you would fight, I mean, the Rocky ones were different because they were kind of right off the draw and you guys got into it right away. But when you, yeah. um, but especially in the LNA, well, definitely in the LNAH with the big square off and, you know, the big pageantry of it all and take it to center yeah. ice and everything and buckets off. Um, in terms of when you're in that situation there, um, I was, like I like to talk to Mayrad and guys like that about it, just kind of the science of it all. Were, were you big yeah. on on like closing the gap yourself, or did you did you prefer them to come to you, or did you want to go at them first? How did you like to do it? Yeah, so I found that the older I got, the more strategy I would have to have. <laughs> yep. Um, like as as weird as it sounds, like. When I was younger, I, like I and and I and I can notice it like in the videos. When I was younger, it was more so like just heat of the moment. Okay, what's he doing right now? Okay, how am I going to react to that? Okay, how what, how do I want to do this now? Where my last like five years, it's all strategy. So like so like when 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 I'm doing that square off, my last few years. Um, what I'm doing is I'm trying to time it. I like to move my, my hands in the square off. Anyone that watches me fight, they kind of know that my, my, both my hands are always moving. And I'm just trying to time it. I'm trying to time it so they're thinking that I'm doing what I'm doing, but really I'm going to either grab them 
or, or and and then pull and then punch with my right or like you know so like I'm I would I'm more of a, a of a of trying to trying to come in first type of guy on yep. my last couple of years because it'd be part of my strategy. Did you do did you were you did you ever do anything with your jersey? Like bigger sleeves or anything like that? Um I I found that the year that I that I had the 86 fighting majors with 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 St. Hyacinth, um it, it, that year it was it was it was pretty big. It was it wasn't a goalie jersey, but it was a it was a really really big jersey. I never altered the sleeve my sleeves or anything, but my jerseys were always pretty big, like the biggest that you can get pretty much, other than a goalie jersey. Um, as far as the tie down, just just a double tie, double knot type of thing, type of deal. And then other than that, um, you know, I, I didn't really roll the sleeves up or anything like that. I just kind of, you know, had a big jersey. Yeah, you, that was probably you. the only the only alteration. There you go. Um, okay, well, we're down to uh, that two two cats from the Quebec League. You said two cats from the Quebec League. Yeah. So, I mean, again, this league, so many guys to choose from, right? Like, oh yeah. I mean, I got and like you know, obviously, this is you know, it, 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 for enforcer based podcasting, right? And you know, there's a lot of tough guys that are going to be listening to this. And guys, you know, obviously, you guys are so all super tough, man. You guys are all worthy of the list. But you know, these these this top five of mine, like I said, it, it's the importance to my career. And with with guys that have the resume that deserve to be there, but there's like fifty guys that could be on the, the top five list. But my so my two guys um, in Quebec are Steve Bosse and 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 Joel Terrio. Okay. Yeah. So now these so these two guys now sometimes when you watch like sports like it could be basketball hockey like whatever any type of sport you know and like and like things happen where where like it seems like it's like a video game i'm telling you man these two human beings like i it, it's hard for me to to say the word human like it in like by explaining them because they're they're that extreme and they're they're that tough and they're just two guys that that are just like, I mean, if you watch the fights where they fight each other, I mean, it, it, it's like the intensity of like watching the movie like Three Hundred, like it's like it's it's unreal, man. And Bosse, he he was the guy that had like like the biggest like like name as far as like like in Quebec they have their heroes they got George St. Pierre they got like you know there's certain guys that 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 the Quebecers like really appreciate and I'm telling you man Bosse's on that level especially when he first got into the UFC because yeah. because in in Canada like I find that Boxing and 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 mixed martial arts are a lot more popular in Quebec than compared to the rest of the country. It, it's big in the whole country, but Quebec's on another level, man. Like I've lived there, and like it's just there's just more people per capita that are that are interested. 
Yep. So if you're if you're successful in hockey or like MMA or boxing, then you potentially can be a really big deal in, in Montreal, like or or in the in the province of Quebec. And and Basse was was like a folk hero for like hockey fighting in this league that at, at times were supported so well by the province. Like 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 there was times where all the arenas were just jam packed and like. You know, and Bossy was the king of the league, right? Terrio was always at the head of it as well, but Terrio would always be like having like a twenty-game suspension, or like, you know what I mean? Like something would be, be going on with him where he didn't play all the time. Yeah. Where Bossy would always be available, and 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 he would be the king. So when I got to the league, I knew that that was the main guy, and. He was, it's funny that I said Terrio was always suspended. Basse was suspended when I first got there. And it's not saying that I wouldn't have fought in Sugden, but, but, but that was why I had the two fights against Sugden my first game, because Basse wasn't even available. And the first time that I fought Basse was the one time in pro hockey that I've been TKO'd. Like that's that's it's hard for me to say, but I mean that that that's what it is. The man TKO'd me. He buckled me. He hit me so hard in my chin that that he buckled me, and then I hit my head on the ice. And I got up, but I was concussed. I was buckled, and I was TKO'd. And 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 that's the reality. And and you know that was my third or fourth weekend in the league. And the team gave me the next weekend off, you know, which is surprising because at that time people weren't even like making a big deal about concussions. But I got the weekend off after the Basse fight. And of course, the next weekend when I came back, you know, our first game of the weekend just so happened to be against the St. John Chiefs and Steve, the, the boss, Basse. <laughs> yeah. So it might, it, 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 it may as well because. You know, I, I, I was the highest paid guy on the team. That was when the fighters were making huge money. And, you know, I got to sit out two games because I got hurt in a fight. But now I kind of have to kind of prove my worth and say, you know what? If I'm the number one of this team that's in this toughest league in the world, then I'm going to have to show that I'm the number one on this team. And I'm going to have to face the toughest guy in my first battle back after my concussion, right? And, and prove to everyone that I, that I have that character and that, and that I'm that guy, right? So, so that, that's what it was. And I knew I had to do it. They, they told me before the game that I had to do it. And because with the Chiefs, they had like five number ones, right? So it's kind of like, you know, like any of them are, are, were like a big task. So, but they would tell us like who we had against the Chiefs, right? So with me, it was Basse. And so it was a great fight. I got the edge in this one, and it really gave me the confidence to carry on um, after, you know, getting, like having a little setback, but like, like, like in, in the season with the concussion. Um, so, I mean, Basse, I mean, the hardest punch I've ever, I've ever faced, Steve Basse, his right hand, is, is that's probably what got him to the UFC. Um, is is that right hand? And if it's if it's good enough for the UFC, it's 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 good, it's good enough for the LNH. 
I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I've, gotten, I've gotten, gotten a few from him. Um, I was lucky enough to be actually his last pro hockey fight before he went to the UFC, um, which was pretty cool. And, and then I think that I was his first fight when he came back as well. Sorry, not before he went, his first fight after he came back from, from the UFC, um, which was obviously very intimidating. It was in Laval. It was crazy. But um, I think that was my, it was my second last year that I played. Um, and then, I mean, to, to round off the five, I know it, it took me a while to round off this, guys, so I apologize. Oh, no, this is great, um, yeah. But, I uh, think, <laughs> but, um, you know, Joel the Animal Terrio, I mean, the guy, like, like, his nickname is The Animal, right? And, I mean, obviously, anybody, I mean, anyone that is, that even would have no idea what we're talking about knows that anyone that's nicknamed The Animal you know, obviously the guy it has some has some extra testosterone in his system, right? And and he, um, I mean, I think that Terrio, like Terrio, was one of those guys where, like, I mean, he played major junior. He was a decent player. I mean, he was drafted. Like, he could have, like, I think, been a tough guy in the NHL. Yep. Um, but he he had legal problems. He wasn't allowed to cross the border after a certain point. And, and I think that was the biggest hurdle for him to be able to carry on a professional career in the States. Um, so he just kind of went all in on this Quebec league. Right. But like, I believe if he didn't have those issues that, that, yeah, I mean, he was playing in the AHL and, 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 and he was right on, he was right on point there. And he, trust me, he's tough enough to be there. And um, I, I think he would have had a long career, but anyway, he had a long career in Quebec and he just terrorized people in that province, you know, for the better part of two decades, man. And, and he, um, he, like, I, I, I don't have a lot of fights with Terrio. I think I have about three or four, but like, man, I'm telling you, like, he's one of those guys where you don't know what he's going to do. Like, you don't know if he's going to cross check you in the face before the fight and then start pounding you. You don't know if like he gets you down that he's just going to just start wailing away when your head's on the ice. Like you don't know what he's going to do. So that, that's the fear of fighting a guy like him because you know that anything could happen with Bosse. It was, if you get hit by that right hand, you better hope that, you know, that, that your mouth guard is in right. <laughs> but with Terrio, it, it was just like, Man, I don't know. Like, like I, I really hope that I end up on top because if I end up on the bottom, it could be a major problem. But, but like those two, like they're they're in there because they're just that tough, and and they were that big, you know, novelties in the Quebec League, you know, with me being there and having to you know battle them with them being number ones for their team and me being the number one for mine. Yeah. Well, that was. Uh... No, absolutely. And I agree with you on Ontario. I, I think he definitely, you know, he was a pretty high draft pick by Washington. And, uh, yeah, yeah I think yeah. he, uh, yeah, he definitely could have. Well, he certainly had the toughness for the NH. The toughness part wasn't the question. Um, yeah. Sure. I mean, uh, but yeah, that, what a list. And, uh, I was going to say it was funny going through just briefly on YouTube this afternoon while we we're, um, I was looking up your fights. I, you know, obviously the Rocky ones, but a great fight that I have on my channel. 
um, and it's from your junior days, and it's against, uh, well, future NHLer, and you guys just beat the shit out of each other, is Erskine, John Erskine. Oh, oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Erskine, man. That, that, um, that is a great he fight. Was so, he was, oh, yeah. And, and like, if, if, if we had a top 10 list, and I was like, because I never got to play against Johnny at, at the pro level, but um, if OHL, yeah, he would definitely be there. You know what I mean? Like he he was so so tough that guy, man. Yeah. <laughs> and the intimidation factor, and you know, it's it's, it's funny because it's funny how scary looking guys with the, the 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 like like the hockey um stereotype of having no front teeth, right? And like and you know, and then if you're a hockey player, you're just kind of rolling your eyes. But there was just so many guys that didn't have no front teeth, and when you were fighting a guy with no front teeth, for some reason it was just a little bit more intimidating. Well, I found. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, that, yeah, absolutely. Hey, with, speaking of the yeah. OHL, um, you played against McPoland, didn't you? McPoland? Justin McPoland? You know what? It doesn't. It, I don't. I don't think I did. No, you might have missed him. Then. I don't think. I think. What? 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 What birth year would he be? Hmm. Now you got me thinking. I know he was with he was with Sug eh? he was with Sugden in in London, I believe. Okay, yeah. So he's he's older than me. He's older, yeah. Because Sugden's a seventy eight, and and I'm an eighty two. Oh yeah. So That's I great. so like when I when I was a rookie, Sugden was like the overager, and if, and if that McPoolin guy is like even a year older than Sugden, then I I would have missed him. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's born in seventy six. Yeah. Sounds tough. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he definitely was. Yeah, him and uh, yeah, him and Noel Sugar there were sort of the scourge of the OHL, yeah. apparently. But uh, yeah, um, well, hey, that's a hell of a list. I mean, you can't uh, you can't go wrong with that. Um, in, in terms of the LNA, I always just kind of like to ask. I mean, there've been a few names thrown out by by Mayrad and those guys, but uh, yeah, you know, the LNAH for all its uh, you know, well, I mean, every league, you know, you you. You're cruising center in the warm-ups and mouthing off yeah. and everything, and everyone's, you yeah. know, I think it, it got more so played up in the LNAH, of course, but uh, yeah, who who was the, I got like, who was the biggest mouthpiece that you played against? Well, I would say that, like, okay, so, and, and he's still playing. He's still playing. I used I used to hate the guy. But now we're actually pretty good friends, and I really respect what he does, man, because he's, he's still doing it. But Chris Cloutier, Ontario boy that plays for Laval, um, he, uh, he's in the LNAH. He was in St. George in the, in the heydays, yep. and, then he, and, he, and he's still there. He, he's an 83 birthday, I think, so he's a year younger than me. Um, but he's, he's getting up there in age, and he's still going. And I think he just, he just like broke the all-time penalty minute thing and for the lnh or something or yep you know what yep. i mean like yeah like he, th- that was like right at the end of the season i think um before the covid shut it down um but yeah chris cloutier man he he's uh he's a mouthpiece man in that league man and he uh, you know that's his role that you know that that's what pays his his paycheck so but but he does a good job at it and um you know he uh He's he's yeah that, that, that was his role and he, and he he was really good at it. Can you believe yeah Chris like can you believe he started in 04 in that league? 
He started with Laval in, in 2004. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Because like, he, he never played anywhere else. Like, he right, right from junior yeah, A. He stayed there. Yeah, yeah and just uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, I got to know him over the years. And, you know, like I said, like, once you, like, like the thing is, it's like when you, when you, when you, when you do the same thing as other guys, like, there, there'll be times in your career, like, maybe in, at first you didn't really like them, but then you kind of learn to like them because you, 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 you gain, you, you earn the respect, right? So you, you, um, you like like I have a lot of respect for the guy and like and like and he's a good guy so I'll give a shout out to Chris Cloutier. Absolutely, um, well, man, that that was a great list. I I really appreciate you coming on yeah. and doing that. But uh, but before I just before we get out, uh, you obviously you were, you had mentioned that you had uh, started your own podcast and uh, w- what's it all about and uh, and and what do you. Uh, like going forward, what what are your plans for the show and like kind of the theme of it and and that type of thing? Yeah, so you know, I I've I even when when we did our our first interview a few years back, and and I'll tell you what, man, you do such a good job with your podcast. I appreciate for that. me. For, yeah. Oh no, no problem, man. Like like I'm just I'm just this is this is just true words. You do such a terrific job. You treat your guests with such respect that. A person that is interested in it, like myself, you're you're a big motivation for them to get going, just because of your professionalism and and how well you you treat like your guests. Like when you first contacted me through getting me prepared for the show, you know, I think the one we did was like two or three hours, and yep. you know what I mean? Like yep. you like yeah, like you're you're it was you're you're really accommodating, man, and and, and you do a really good job, and the, and for for the sports fan slash you know you know, you know, um, you know, wa- wanting to be, um, broadcaster, um, you know, you're, you're a big motivation for me, man. And, and I started my own podcast called the sheriff. And my goal is just to get the best content out there and just to give a perspective from a player, but also a sports fan. Right. And, I have a co-host. Um, his name is Kyle Warner. He's an American guy uh, based out of Philly, and he actually has his own show, um, Enforcer's Corner. And he had me on as a guest, and you know we got along so well. And he threw it out there, "Hey man, why don't we work together and start something together?" And I was like, "You know what? I've wanted to do this for a while." And finally, I've been given an opportunity of someone that's going to help me put that together. And, 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 and there you have it, right? So, so we've, had, we've had two episodes. Um, episode one, we just kind of introduced ourselves. Um, episode two was our first episode where we had a guest. And I had a very special guest, uh, Scarborough's very own Chris Stewart, um, former NHL veteran, played for seven different teams, played over 650 games to NHL. And we were really lucky to have him as the first ever guest on the sheriff, um, you know, the show is pretty much we kind of go over, um, you know, the, the, the recent sports stories um, in the past week leading up to the podcast. Of course, we'll have our special guests on the times that we have a guest. And then we also end the show with a special segment called Raw and Order. And it's a segment of the show where it's a controversial thing that's happening in the sports world. And it's up to me and my guests to give our honest opinion of what we really think is going to go down. So it's kind of an interesting way to finish off the show. Um, you know, the whole D'Angelo 
um, controversy was the Raw and Order topic um, in episode two with Chris Stewart. Um, it was pretty interesting. Um, so, so yeah, so that's pretty much what we're trying to do. We're just trying to get out the best content possible and just be the best entertainment for, for the average sports fan. Um, so I just wanted to give a quick plug um, for my co-host, um, uh, uh, Kyle Warner, uh, but he goes by at WarnerKyle29 on Twitter. Our Twitter page is, is the Sheriff 2021 and then, of course, HW Radio is what's making everything possible. So HW Radio 18 and HWHockey.net. And um, I really appreciate you letting me plug that, my friend. No, absolutely. Um, now, is it going to be, like you say sport, like obviously you're going to cover like everything is that kind of the goal or um yeah or, like or... like like it's a it, it, it's a hockey it, it, it's a hockey majority podcast but we're also going to discuss other sports as well but majority is hockey so you know we're 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 based on the Philadelphia Flyers uh radio podcast um so so it's a hockey based podcast and we're going to be talking mostly hockey and 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 kind of cool social things that are happening around. No, that's excellent. I uh, yeah, definitely look forward to it. Um, no, yeah, when you uh, you got a hold of me there, it was uh, yeah, it was it was obviously the next sort of uh, step for yourself because I know uh, well we had talked about it on your on your previous uh, appearance on this show that uh, you know sort of a broadcasting type thing, and uh, I knew you were passionate about it. So yeah, it's certainly no surprise when you got it when you sent me that private message you're like yeah i'm podcasting now it's kind of like yeah no shit what took you so long you know but yeah. uh no i think it'll be i think you guys will you'll do a good job over there and like you said anytime it's coming from a a former player obviously that uh you know that that gives you insight that you know the the rest of us certainly don't have right so yeah i think uh no i uh looking forward to uh hearing you, what you guys could do in the future and uh i think you guys will do uh good things yeah, for sure. And, and you know what, my friend, um, you know, hopefully we'll be lucky enough to maybe have you on as a guest on our show. Well, up, I don't know. I don't want to tank your ratings right off the, right off the <laughs> hot though, but, uh, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, if you set the, set the bar low, you know, I don't know if I could follow up with Chris Stewart. Yeah. That guy, then you're going to come back with, uh, with the likes of me. I don't know, but, uh, no, absolutely. If you ever need anything or whatever, for sure. Uh, well, I could definitely uh, do that. And, uh, like I always tell all my guests, I mean, yeah, this is the second time you've come on, but hopefully again, not the last, I always enjoy talking to you. Yeah. And, I w- and I will say, um, well, we, before air, before we got on the air, we talked about it, but I actually, I think I talked about it in my intro for this episode too. Um, you know, as the podcasting goes and when you're doing get, when you're getting guests and stuff and that, and I've, I've bitched on air about this many times about, guys ghosting you or you know not respecting the you know the times and they just kind of ditch you and it's really frustrating i will say out of of all the guests and i'm not just saying because you're here i've said this i've I've said this other times that if all the guests were as easy to deal with as you are it would be so much you know you you just make it so easy the time that you said you were going to be here you were here and you checked in and everything else and uh and you're all, you always bring uh, you know thoughtful answers, and you don't just wing through it. And uh, you know, as a host, it's greatly appreciated. And I thank you for your professionalism in terms of being a guest. It was your your that's that's all you can hope for when you're doing a show is to have guests like yourself. 
Well, I, I appreciate that, my friend. That's very kind words for you to say. Thank you very much. No, absolutely. And, uh, well, like I said, I know you just got off work, so I don't want to keep you for too long, but, uh, I, I think this is an excellent episode for the folks. And like I said, Sean was on episode 10 on my own. And, uh, so to go, definitely go back and check out and you can hear the entire journey from the OHL on, but, uh, no, man, I really appreciate you coming on today on short notice and, uh, thank you very much. And, uh, I look forward to hearing your show. Yes, thank you so much, buddy, for having me on. Have a great night, okay? You too, Sean. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, take care. You too, guys. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?